I could literally nap for days right now. <laughs> that was so uncomfortable. Don't like sit down. Like don't plop down. I can't even walk, Jay. <laughs> Martha, why can't you walk? My butt, it hurts. And why does my lower hurt? back? Apparently, I can't sit in a canoe for as long as we did and not hurt. You can't sit in a canoe for six hours and not be in pain after. We've gotten to that age. I guess so. I guess I'm only 27. (laughs) It's fast. Got the body of of an old woman now, I guess. So we're not even going to pretend that we are recording this intro before we go. (laughs) We are definitely recording it after the fact. This is... The episode where we are heading out to Points Unknown, which is a dog sled and kind of little, what's it called? A bed and sled? Is that bed what Bed and sled. Bed and sled. I love up it. in Hovland, Minnesota. We're going to actually go up there, not unfortunately to go, go dog sledding, sadly, because it is the middle of the summer. So even northern Minnesota does not have snow right now. But we are going to go on what's called a mindful paddle. And a mindful paddle is just... Going into the Boundary Waters, but taking your time, looking around, seeing what you see, smelling what you smell, and hearing what you hear, and just enjoying it, rather than trying to go the furthest distance and trying to find a campsite and camp overnight. We're just going in for a nice, relaxing day trip. So this is, and we call it Exploring the North Shore, an adventure podcast. That's kind of our subtitle. And the reason it's called that is because a lot of what we record, we're recording while we're out doing things. Mm-hmm. We're actually going there and trying to do our best to record. And I know the audio is not the greatest. And I know the audio in this one's not going to be the greatest. Um, it was a little bit windy. So what I was able to record while on the canoes was very limited. You know, we'll just sort of fill in the blanks there later on. You know, we're hiking and we're talking about the plants and we're talking about their different medicinal uses and other things. And we're on a narrow path. So I might have been like two people behind the person talking. So if it's not the clearest, I do apologize. But that's how we want to keep doing the podcast. We want to keep bringing it up in a way that almost like you're experiencing it with us, but then you also know what you're going to experience when you're also doing it. And we're not just sitting in a studio recording us talking about going on an adventure. So that is why the audio may not always be the greatest. I'm trying my best. I do apologize, but I hope you stick with it because this episode is really great and there's a lot of information that is really wonderful about the different plants and the different things that we saw while on the trip. I'm Jay. And I'm Martha. And this is Exploring the North Shore. I'm Linda Newman, and I own Points Unknown, uh, dog-based adventures, uh, mindful paddling, uh, and many other Many other to-dos. Wilderness adventures, yeah. We take folks into the least utilized Boundary Waters entry point at the end of the Arrowhead Trail. How many of these tours or how does somebody go about booking one of these tours? Well, we like to make things very personal, so we don't have an online booking for these. You, you call me and uh, or send me an email, and then we go back and forth about uh, what your group is like and what you'd like to experience, and, and uh, so you can get that on the website. And what's the maximum number of people that can go on this adventure? Well, uh, they only allow nine people into the Boundary Waters at a, at a time uh, in one group, so nine. so nine. Well, eight people, including right, or right. seven. 
including you. And does Marianne always come with you? Uh, she is. She's the main guide. Okay. So I just I go along occasionally, or or if she's not available, I'll go out. I'll go out and do it myself. All right. And then in the wintertime, of course, there's the dog sledding. Mm -hmm. um, and then what was the fall thing? Uh, we've got wheeled tours. So we're able to take two people out at a time on wheeled tours. We start training the dogs when it's 50 degrees or less. Otherwise, they'll overheat. And um, so they pull they pull our UTV or, you know, we assist because it's not fair to have them pull uh <laughs> That pulling that but yeah so people get kind of a backstage pass into into how we train the dogs and what we do and that and that's really what we're all about it's all about education so it's not it's not just a ride it's not um you know in the winter it's not just a ride it's it's educational you get to learn how to work with the dogs you get to spend time with the dogs you learn uh what we do and you can also immerse yourself in the lifestyle here by staying in our guest suite we've got two little amish log cabins and included in that, we always say sled dog cuddles included <laughs> because you can come out and, and, and hang out on the porch in the evening and visit with the dogs and then come and feed with us in the morning if you like. And how many dogs do you have currently? 24. 24. Mm -hmm. With seven-ish more on the way? Um, well, well, we'll see. <laughs> the ultrasound showed seven, but you never know. You've yeah. got to wait until... It gets closer. Yeah. Honestly, the best part is getting to get out there with the puppies. They're so sweet. They're so well-trained. It's an added bonus. It, yeah. I don't know. I think that's the highlight. I would come out here and do anything you want me to do if it meant getting some puppy cuddles. <laughs> so thank you for that. Excellent. <laughs> sure. All right. And then how can somebody get more information about Points Unknown? Well, we've got a website. So it's points-unknown.com. So after speaking with Linda, we went outside to load up the gear and speak with our tour guide, Mary Ellen, about the plan for the day. Maybe just as a little background to you, we, um, we don't want this to just be a kind of get out there and get through the woods thing. Go as far as you can in yeah. the shortest period yeah, of time. That's yeah. right, just to show how strong you are. <laughs> Which is, you know, unfortunately, I think a lot how a lot of people do. See, but I feel like when we went yeah, we, our first yeah. time, it mm -hmm. was kind of the same way. We wanted to find our camp spot right away, found mm -hmm. it, and then we we'll just be explored. Just yeah. before we went out, we went out from Sawbill, and so we were talking to Dan, and he was like, oh yeah, people were coming in last night saying they couldn't find camp spots, so they slept in their cars. Ooh. So he said, what I would do if I were you is just go out and find the first oh. campsite you can, grab it. <laughs> So that you at least have a campsite for the night. Right, yeah. So that's that's what we did. We I think we passed like two or three that were occupied and then we found one that was open. So yeah. we just kind of grabbed it. Cool. But that meant we stayed on that lake that day. So. Well, and see, you know, to me, the, um, the amazing thing about the Boundary Waters is that sense of the, um, you can go deep into it. And you yeah. can experience things. But if you're just whooshing through it, uh -huh. you're not going to. And just, you know, to refresh your memory... And I do always say this to people, the Boundary Waters was really, um, Sigurd Olsen is the person behind it. You, you know of Sigurd Olsen. Mm -hmm. But he was an amazing guy. He um, loved being out in the woods. And then he um, realized that there was really a danger that that kind of experience would be lost. Mm -hmm. So he basically gave his life to making, uh, uh, to passing the Wilderness Act. He would bring people from Washington, D.C. and take them into the woods. And, and uh, so in 1964, that was passed and the, by Congress. And, the, and base, the basic idea of it is to have a place where people are simply visitors. Yeah. That's the key Nobody element. Can live, yeah. Nobody can live there. People are visitors. And 
he felt, and I agree with him, that it's just really important to have a place like that. And it so is. he worked. I mean, he basically gave his life to make that happen. And after that, there were other bits of legislation, like ones forbidding planes flying over, etc. But no it, mining, it, yeah, not, yeah, and forestry, mm -hmm. no uh, lumber. Yeah. So the you know the place that we go into as the boundary waters, to me, it's really sacred ground because it has been set aside like that mm -hmm. for um, us to go in and experience something that a lot of people don't get to experience at all. Past McFarland Lake, and then we're going to put in on Little John Lake here and go into John. And if you could see a map of the whole boundary waters, this is just the tiny, tiniest little bit. But so we're going to go in here and we're going to take time to just look and see um, all things being equal. We will go into this, there's a sphagnum bog in here. We'll go in there and look at some of the wonders really of a, that particular biosystem. Mm -hmm. We'll go over to here, pull our canoes up, walk across the Portage to East Pike, and um, there's a nice little rock there you can swim or picnic on, and then we'll be coming back up. So that's All kind right. of the overall. Nice. Yeah. And you know, I've, I think I always thought that, you know, you had to do a big, like, a weekend thing, like uh -huh. multiple even, like, days, long, and so to just yeah. Go in for the day, come back. Yeah. It was yeah. so nice. Yeah. Well, and I'd say so much of it depends on your attitude, too. Yeah. yeah. You can go in for a week and never really settle into the spirit of wilderness. Mm -hmm. Or you can go in for a day and do that. Yeah. yeah. And I've led lots of longer trips. I've been leading trips for about, I think, 27 years now. Wow. That's as and long as I've been alive. Yeah, see? <laughs> and many longer trips. The longest I've ever done was three weeks. But Yeah. Um, did you grow up here? Mm -mm. Grew up in Washington State. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. What brought you here then? Well, I always tell people I, it was not the most direct route. I went via England and South Africa oh, wow. back That's to Minnesota. That's really not direct. No. Wow. <laughs> but I, I, when I came up to the Boundary Waters, I just fell in love with it. You know, I'd always been going back out to Washington State for summer holidays and stuff. And it was like, why? Yeah. This is so beautiful. This is where I want to be. This podcast episode is sponsored by Cascade Vacation Rentals. They know that life has a tendency to be overwhelming at times, and busy schedules often leave people feeling overwhelmed and disconnected. That's why they're here, to offer you the space and opportunity to reconnect to what's important. Cascade Vacation Rentals has one of the largest selections of privately owned vacation rental homes and cabins on Minnesota's North Shore of Lake Superior, from Duluth to the Canadian border. Their team is there to help you and your family or small group enjoy a vacation you'll remember for years to come. Visit them online at www.cascadevacationrentals.com. Again, that's www.cascadevacationrentals.com. I also want to fill in a bit about like when we were on the canoe, we couldn't really talk a whole lot, mostly because we were on two separate canoes, mm -hmm. uh, pretty far apart at some points, close together at other points. Yeah, we were uh, kicking your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so we essentially entered at John Lake, which is entry point 69. Am I making this up? No, yeah, it says right there, entry point 69. I also filled out the permit. I know these things. I'm not... Yeah. Uh, we started off at Little John Lake, actually, which is near McFarland Lake. So if you're familiar with McFarland Lake, that's entry point 68. John Lake, where we came in, was entry point 69. 
um, John Lake into this like marsh bog, bog area. Yeah. And then we did the portage between John Lake and ended up at East Pike Lake. So on our journey, we went from Little John to John to East Pike. From East Pike, you can go into West Pike, which leads into Clearwater. Um, so kind of that part, Linda says it's the least used entry point in the Boundary Waters. There weren't very many people there. I think we saw we saw a canoe and a kayak when we first came into Little John. Mm-hmm. And then we saw a canoe on East Pike. Yeah, they were fishing. They were fishing, but they left. As, like They pretty much were like, let's go someplace where there's mm-hmm. not any other people. Yeah. So I do agree that it's a very underutilized entry point because we saw four, uh, five other people during the entire trip that we were out there. And we were out there for the entire day. And it's a Thursday, but still a pretty, usually a pretty traveled day in the Boundary Waters. Yeah. So if you want to go someplace that's a little bit more quiet and peaceful and just take your time and go slow, that's a great choice. Um, even if you just tootle around like John Lake, there are three campsites on John Lake. Uh, technically, Little John is not in the Boundary Waters. So you can go there and paddle around the Little John Lake section and you enter the boundary waters kind of halfway through there's like a little tiny river that you go on to get into john lake and that's kind of halfway through that is when you cross into it so there's three campsites it's not a big lake it's kind of a long skinny lake and it took us hour and a half maybe to paddle from the little john lake point where you kind of enter john lake to the the east pike lake portage and that portage is 210 rods so it's about 3,475 feet and I could tell that it was not used very much especially by people carrying canoes there's so many down trees Mm -hmm. (laughs) we had a I want to say we crossed over four five that we had to cross over and then there were several more that had been cleared but Mm -hmm. it wasn't completely clear so if you're hauling your gear and your canoe through that portage it's it's a little tight. It might be a little bit of a challenge, but you know, I think you could do it. The option, another option would be to go in at entry point 68, which is McFarland Lake, which that leads into um, Pine Lake through a very small little tiny portage. It says it's only 8.7 rods, which is 114 feet. I'm guessing that's why most people do not go up to Little John and John, because that's kind of a brutal portage to get out of there. And then McFarland Lake is obviously a little bit easier. But hey, if you want a relaxing, lovely paddle and you want to experience it with people who know what they're doing, I highly recommend this Points Unknown Mindful Paddle. During the hike, we stopped every, I mean, a little bit of that audio is going to make it into the episode, but we would stop every 15, 20 feet and talk. We were eating plants (laughs) and they were good. I didn't know we could eat. I mean, I'm knew I could eat some of them, but I didn't really know like how to identify them and how, what they did for me and Mm -hmm. why I should eat them. So that was really interesting. Yeah, it was nice to, yeah, I never really thought about doing like a guided boundary waters thing, but it was very insightful. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot. Not just about Boundary the waters. plants and stuff, but the area and like the things that inhabit it. Uh, in fact, I'm going to insert right here a little bit of the audio of our hike between John Lake and East Pike Lake on that portage. And that's kind of where we learned most about the plants and the different uses that they have. So here's a little bit of the audio from that hike. 
of a dead tree. Yeah. But then when you really look at it, look how alive it is. These are baby balsams. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, they're just... It's acting as a nurse log, basically. <sighs> Different kinds of moss, all sorts of things going on. So there's no, you know, nothing is wasted in nature. Which is just gets reused. And that is medicine for burns and things. So if you have a burn, oh. you um, um, basically harvest the pitch, put it on the burn, and leave it there until it falls off by itself, and the um, the skin grows uh, uh, from underneath. American. And what kind of tree was that? Uh, balsam fir. Balsam fir. Mm -hmm. well, that's handy. <laughs> and then all of these, you can you can eat the tips. It's filled with filled with vitamin C. Mm -hmm. You can just try it, Martha, if you like. Huh? Just give it a try. Just a little citrus. That's really good. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting that to be this good. That's not bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just tastes like leafy greens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> With like a, a little citrus kick to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not seen too many. Um, poplar in here. Uh, but you want to find little... Um, poplar, you know, aspen saplings, and you, you can chew on the leaves, mm -hmm. oh, and, okay. and it's a natural aspirin. Oh, that's so cool. The Grand Portage has a catch program. Oh, okay. Um, and they're trying to do monthly things. Before COVID, they were doing monthly monthly gatherings where you uh, they would teach a new skill. The recent class I took was uh, from, they had a guest speaker, Linda Black Elk, came, and she did the most amazing talk on plant medicine. And they handed out a, f a free book that I'm currently reading that has all of this information. And it's quite amazing. Um, all of the natural remedies that are out there just for the... Uh, Everything, pretty much. Right, for the taking, but once you ask. Yes. Yeah. Spruce tips. These are, these are excellent. Mm -hmm. Hey, Martha, got to try some spruce tips. What do these get you? Vitamin C. Oh, vitamin C. Mm-hmm. I always need that. And you can make a make a tea out of these. You still have that little citrus. That's even got more of like a citrusy kick to it. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think because they're 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 still just kind of in the bud stage. Wow. But that's the spruce. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot stronger than the other one. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That was good. And it's a little more. bit of bitter to it. That's that's the medicine. Yep. Yeah, okay. Wow. Another thing is are you familiar with plantain? I really yes. haven't seen much here. But um, so I learned at that uh, Grand Portage Catch program that the plantain, you can use it on, on burns, uh, specifically the story was, uh, any other type of um, uh, like an open wound. Um, the story that was told, that Linda Black Elk told was that she was, um, she had some cookies coming out on a cookie sheet and she, uh, her child ran underneath her arms and she dropped the cookie, was going to drop the cookie sheet, but it landed across her arms. And so what she did, she thought it was a perfect time to, to do an experiment. She just washed the one and that was it. And the other one, she put a, a wet plantain leaf on it. It wow. didn't blister. And within a few days it was gone. Wow. The other one years later still has a scar. This is a sarsaparilla plant. Remember the root beer lady? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Dorothy, if you pull uh, this thing up. Walter. Walter. If you pull this up, the roots are what um, people make root beer from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. cool. Yep. So you can do that and you just put them in, let's see, water with a little bit of maple sugar and let them sit for a few days and then you just drink the water. That sounds amazing. 
So yeah, there. Is this a aches a... and pains. This is this is a poplar aspen. So if anybody's got any aches and pains, just grab a leaf, chew on it. This is the this is the part right here. How from is here this? Up. How is this? Did this just fall? It must have. I mean, because I mean, still, this is it's still alive, isn't it? Yeah. I was trying to figure out if it was growing up from the ground, but I think I see the. I think it fell from way over there. It's hard to say, but anyway, that that's okay. what you want to chew on. And it is very bitter, but it's supposed, that's, again, that's very the medicine. Anti-inflammatory. Yep. And so that was the little clip of our hike on the portage. And there was birds chirping. We saw a water snake. We saw turtles. We saw loons. We saw a deer, which... It's random. I knew as soon as I saw, I even said, I'm like, was that a deer or a little moose? And she goes, no, that was definitely a deer. And we both said at the same time, like, that shouldn't be here mm -hmm. because the deer should not be that far up. Deer actually carry brainworm, which can, it's, they don't notice it, but it infests it like the moose and it can kill the moose. I didn't know that. So that is why the moose population and the deer population rarely overlap. So to see a deer that far back was not a good thing. It was just... Being in nature and being in a place that was so quiet, you couldn't hear cars, you couldn't hear people. There was just nobody else but us there, and it was just amazing. And then we did the hike to East Pike Lake to have a picnic on the shores of East Pike. A little bit of swimming and toe dipping in the water and just kind of relaxing and enjoying that hiking. And then we came back. And it was, again, a five and a half hour, I want to say, journey and yep. so much fun. And of course then of course packed off with feeding puppies yes and we're gonna play that segment of us back at points unknown feeding the puppies now in the evening we give joint chews to the older dogs and everybody gets garlic um, garlic yeah i start giving garlic about a month before the bugs come out it permeates their tissue uh, their tissues and then it helps to repel the bugs. That's, I figure uh, anything you can do up here, I'm gonna do it. I think that's why bugs don't like me that much because I really like garlic and I put it no, on a seriously. lot of things. So that's that's probably it. Okay. My... All, right, All right. Well, let's go out and you're gonna notice that uh, I, I don't use bowls because um, these dogs this time of year anyway uh, these dogs have really deep chests and they're prone to stomach bloat. Okay. So if they suck in a lot of air. Um, while they're eating, they could bloat and they could yeah. they could die. So um, so I scatter it on top of their houses. I figure they eat dirt and poop. So what's a little bit of <laughs> more dirt? <poop>. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they know. They know. <laughs> so again, this is a rare line of traditional Alaskan husky called a headland husky. Uh, there are fewer than a hundred left, and I've got the biggest concentration of them right here. They were developed in the 30s in the Iliamna region of Alaska for trapline teams and subsistence living by the Headland family. So they're not racing dogs, they're purpose-bred for um, that type of a trapline or subsistence lifestyle. And it, and it works really well for tours, doing tours. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, now some of them may jump, they're not allowed to, they're not supposed to, but we have impulse control issues here okay. sometimes. So. These two will not jump on you. We've got Arrow here. He's 10. Zola's 9. We're too old to jump. We just want to well, Actually, he's a, he's one of my lead dogs, so he's... Okay. Yep. I've had leaders go until 13, until they, what's it, until they decide. Yeah. Okay, come on, guys. Hello. Hi. Oh, you were so good. They're not going to get a play group um, one day. We, 
because I'm maybe out in the canoe, we've got these Nyla bones in here okay. and we dip them in peanut butter. The guests love it. We do that with, you know, the with our guest suite and everything, we've got uh, sled dog cuddles included, and that also includes <laughs> peanut butter bones. So they come out and they'll find the peanut butter bones and then dip them in the peanut butter while we're giving the food. So let's see, you guys get the joint chews. There you go, Zoe. And, and also, that's not food, that's a microphone. We don't want these guys to anticipate what we're gonna do. We want them to use their brains. So I will never just, um, just come in and have them do one thing and, and uh, um, and leave it at that. So we do, like I'll tell her to, Zola, sit. Good girl, good sit. Off. Ah. Wow. Okay. That was some good restraint there. And we mix it up all the time, so they, again, so they're not anticipating what we're gonna say. Okay, so we'll move on to the next. <laughs> for clusters. There's our screamer. So this is Woggish, and that's Dolce. Dolce. Dolce definitely needs to be brushed. Oh, Dolce, food? yes, you do need to be brushed. Hi. That's on the agenda for tomorrow. Okay, so Woggish, sit. Uh-uh. Good sit. Okay. <laughs> this is the sound of a dog eating. <laughs> so out of a typical litter, how many do you usually keep? Um, it depends. I, I like to keep a male and a female. I want to make sure I have enough time for them. You only have t so much physical and emotional, mental time to, to give to a certain number of dogs. So um, two, um, usually, male and female but there may be another one that picks me that I have to, <laughs> have to keep. Have to keep. <laughs> and what happens to the ones that you do not keep? Well, um, so we're part of this preservation project. And um, so I will have a litter only when either I need dogs to, to fill spaces in, in, <laughs> um, in my kennel or other folks in the preservation project do. And then if there's, if there are any extra, then I've got a waiting list of active pet homes. Okay. Yeah. And my waiting list is usually about a year long. So these are the nice. puppies. We've got Taza and Raka here. And they're how old? They're seven months. Seven months? Hey, guys. Don't let them take advantage of you. <laughs> don't let them take... I don't know if it's... Hi. They're yeah, like, you're no, our you new best friend. Yeah, you have to wait. Like, I'm your best friend. Yeah, I will be your best friend. Your best friend. You still have to wait. They pooped, so we're scooping some poop. Oh, look at the little, little ones. They're so cute. Look at this. They're passing these cons underneath the fence here. That is, oh, there's like a little gap under the fence between the big puppies and the little puppies. Hi, girls. Or girl and boy. Oh, you guys are so cute. Okay, thank you. So let's see how the puppies do. She's bringing the feed over. Sits like a champ. And waits until she says okay. You can hear the little tiny babies in the background here. 
<laughs> and yeah. these two are how old? They're five months old. Five months, okay. And they have this bad habit of doing this <laughs> anticipation for food when I really just want them to chill out. So we have Wolfie and Kea. Wolfie and Kea, they're five months old from Alaska. Good, sit buddy. Come on. Hi, hello. How are you? You guys, <laughs> they're so little. Can they even get up there on their own? They're in my pocket. <laughs> she's my pocket husky. She's your she's your uh, bag dog, the dog you carry around in your purse. <laughs> yeah, they were able to get up there when it was when the snow was up to here. Oh, of course, it's just a ramp at that point. Off. He's looking at it. Is that the boy or the girl? That's the boy. Okay. Yeah. So patient. Such good puppies. Oh my goodness. I wish you guys. Okay, we're going to have a lot of TikToks on at Stays CVR, videos on our website, Exploring North Shore. Check them out there because this is so cute. Yeah, these guys have been to uh, a round of puppy classes up in Thunder Bay. All right. These guys and these guys. City and train dogs. Yep. <laughs> okay, so we have Nick Nick and Ushka. Ushka. Hello. Is that Gunflint waiting very patiently? Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm learning your names. I'm to choose names for him to, to honor the area and their roots. So this is, he's from the native roots litter. His full name is Kanikanik, but it's Nick or Nick Nick. Mm -hmm. And Ushka. And what does that, what do those mean? Uh, can, it, it's a native tobacco. Okay. And then um, Ushka, her full name is Ushka Gujan, and that's uh, Nishinabe Moen for new moon. New moon. So that's oh. to honor our, honor our neighbors They're in Grand so beautiful. They're hey, gorgeous. So she feeds them on top of the dog houses and they hop up and where are the puppies? Are they still eating? They're done. <laughs> but where are they? You missed all the good, good fun here. Inside their house. Oh, I missed it. Oh, shake, shake. He's like dancing. He's a leader, but he needs a little bit more focus and confidence because he's kind of you know, he's a two-year-old boy, yeah. basically. <laughs> and so this is gonna help. <laughs> and it also helps form the bond between me and the individuals because it's very different when you've got a whole pack of 25 dogs, you've gotta train a little bit differently than when you're working with, say, you have one or two house dogs. Yeah. So that's why I like to take them aside and do do separate individual things with them. Okay, that's a little puppy. Oh, it's because they went into the same house together. <laughs> You don't both fit in the house. Okay, so here's Gunflint. Hi, Gunflint. And how old is Gunflint? He's six. He's from the Rocks and Minerals litter. His sisters are inside, Agate and Shale. Okay. Thankfully, he didn't choose to be inside, too. Otherwise, I don't know what I would do if they all there. chose to be inside. <laughs> and Siri, last but not Siri. least. Siri. the puppies. Now, she can't have the garlic because we don't know how that's going to interact with the litter. With the litter. So we took the garlic away and... Notice that she's she's okay. I think she's still got some of it in her system, but bugs aren't getting Hi, mama. God. Hello, mama. And she's getting a little picky, so she's not always eating. So I put it really close to his fence. 
so that uh, she doesn't want him to get it. Smart. So then she'll so eat she'll it. Get, that's... <laughs> there you go, miss. Come here, Siri. You okay? She's like, I'm tired. It's hard to be pregnant in the middle of the summer. Yeah. This actually, actually, this is the very best timing. Only because by the time she has them, you know, she'll have them in the house. And then by the time they come outside, there'll be minimal bugs. It won't be 25 It'll below. Be nice um, you know, puppies are yeah. fine when they, when they go outside. We've got insulated dog houses and, and they can control their own, um, they can self-regulate their own body temperature at three and a half to four weeks. So in the winter, you know, they do come outside uh, around that time. And it's the pe it's the humans that worry about it more than mm -hmm. than we need to. <laughs> well, if you think the wolves in the wild survive. That's true. I mean, look at these coats. Those okay, are some very nice coats. Good girl. Goodbye. Well, well, that was it. They're all fed. And we'll see if we can get everybody to give us a... All right. This Usually they'll give, give me an after dinner howl as I'm walking away. But uh, I will help it. I okay. Will, I will assist. And you can chime in as well. All right. Are you ready for this? Puppies are getting into it. <laughs> the house, the house dogs caught on the fastest. They're the ones not eating anymore. <laughs> All right, so that was meal time. That was evening meal time. Evening meal time. Yeah. And that was our adventure up at Points Unknown doing the mindful paddle. And that is why our butts hurt. Um, yeah. It's just a lot of sitting. Um, yeah. I'm not, not used to a lot of sitting working in an office well, for part of the week. Well, sitting but... and balancing. Yes. So that's probably why those muscles hurt. I haven't, probably haven't out. used them. Yeah. I'm also used to there being a backrest. So if you're sitting in a mm -hmm. canoe, there's not a backrest. So you're sitting more up on your tailbone. Or not tailbone, but like your sits bones. Whatever those are called. <laughs> your sits bones. <laughs> My sits bones. So that's a little sore. Yeah. Uh, it was so fun. I do, I mean, there isn't a time where I've gone to the Boundary Waters where I haven't come out and been like, ah, that was amazing. And this was no different. Yeah. Like I said, I think day trips are the way to go. Yeah. Being able to just paddle around and just take in everything around you and not feel rushed to try to find a camping spot, to just know where you're going and know where you're going back to. Yeah. It was nice. And it was, we were in there for, I think like, five and a half hours so right yeah. in the four to six hour window they said uh to me also the the following highlight was then the puppy cuddles yes which that is a huge bonus we didn't really dogs. we didn't really puppy cuddle them but we did feed them we pet them we, we just got to them. hang out for a little bit yeah <laughs> uh so we will be doing more things with points unknown we do have several we kind of have a few seasonal things so we have something coming up in august something in september or i'm sorry october yeah so august october and then hopefully we get up there to ride some some dog sleds yeah 
It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been a few years since we've done that. Uh, But yeah, so that was our episode now. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you want to book your stay, points-unknown.com, and you can call them to book it. And again, she said there's a little bit of back and forth and figuring out what days work best, but it's a very intimate, great experience. Like, I feel like I got to know Linda and Marianne, like, really good. Yeah. And yeah, I would agree. Like, if I see them out and about now, I'm going to know who they are. I'm like, oh, hey. Yep. So it's a definitely, it's a great experience. It's from two women who know a lot about the area, a lot about the journey that, that you go on and the places that you're going to go, the things you're going to see, the things you're going to smell. I mean, <laughs> there was every yeah. sense involved. We even, there was touch involved. There yeah. was that, there was a point where we were reaching into this moss and just below the surface of the moss, it was like almost ice cold. Freezing. And that was Perfect. pretty cool. So this has been the Points Unknown Mindful Paddle episode of Exploring the North Shore. So I'm Jay. And I'm Martha. And we will see you again really soon. Bye.